Hey everybody, welcome back to the Passive Buddies podcast and today we're going a little bit mathematical. We're going to break down the numbers that allows you to quit your 9 to 5. What do you do when the dream of an online business makes you work harder than a day job would? The answer, you build passive income. On the Passive Buddies podcast, we cover the myths behind passive income and how to build true financial and time freedom. Welcome to the Passive Buddies podcast. Brandon, as usual, you are here, you are up, and apparently you've been absolutely crushing your morning within 15 minutes. How are you? Uh, I am doing amazing, man. I am bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. I usually, so we usually start the podcast around 4 a.m. in the morning, and I am lazy and get up at 3.45, but I've been able to do everything I need to be ready for the podcast within 15 minutes from taking the dog out, making my tea. I couldn't find my pink tea mug, so I had to use this uh, this Mickey Mouse mug. Like um, take out the dog. But uh, yeah, life is good, man. I am ready for some tea and ready for this awesome podcast. Mine says, oh, if you can see it, mug of positivity. Oh, I, I'm, I can't see it. Maria, go ahead and bring that back out. Yeah. There we go. Mug and a of positivity. I love it. <laughs> It's an absolutely massive cup. You can't ask tell I'm English. Right then. Okay, let's go for it, Mickey Mouse. Um, so, <laughs> so maths to quit your nine to five. So what do you think is important? Because obviously everybody wants to do it, don't they? Everyone wants to quit the nine to five. They're sick of the job. They're sick of the boss. They're sick of the travel, all that crap. But how do you actually right. know when is the right time? See, you you called me cheap or um, very frugal a, a while ago, and I think that comes into the equation. If you are able to reduce your expenses as much as possible, you really don't need as much passive income as you need. And so a lot of people call it like the freedom number or mm. the magic number. So you really need to figure out what those expenses are and what your tax bracket is and then kind of how much you want to have to reinvest and then obviously we are going through uh this crazy inflation right now with uh like nine percent or eight percent so you want to keep those all into that equation and i make it really easy um i I don't know if i created a formula but i i figured i typed this out and this was kind of my formula was passive income needs to be greater than your expenses plus your taxes plus money to reinvest into other income producing assets. So it's kind of a little flywheel in a sense, because if you take your passive income, you have more of it, you can reinvest to obviously create more passive income and then plus inflation. So in doing so, you'll be able to have that freedom number of yours. Okay, so as you, as you say, like the first sort of section is basically the expenses, okay? So when we look at the expenses, as Brandon rightly said, let's how can you chop them down? Um, and we have done a podcast in the past about like get, like reducing your outgoings in order to actually increase your free cash and the cash flow. Um, so it's about like looking at those expenses. Like if you've got life insurance, can you go get a bit better deal? Car insurance, can you go get a better deal? Like all these different things that you may think, Oh, it's just what I've got to pay. You'll be surprised how much you can get them down. Can you wipe your credit cards off? Can you wipe off any like any car loans or anything like that? Because that's what you done, wasn't it? You had your you had your BMW, was it on a lease? And then you went and got a Yaris and then eventually paid that out. Um yeah, that's good memory, man. Yeah, I did have a BMW. <laughs> 
Um, and it was a lease. And I don't know how you remember that. And so uh, it was like $500 a month. And I was like, why am I? This is when I worked at a gym and uh, owned my own gym. And I was just like, why am I driving back and forth to the gym to have this high expensive, like this car? It's, you were a true PT. You would have biked. Right. I know. Right. <laughs> and, but like, but then I'd be all sweaty and that's gross. But um, you have higher insurance, you have higher gas higher maintenance, like everything to take care of this car is just, it's really wasn't worth it. I mean, yeah, I get a write-off because it's a, a business car, but in the grand scheme of things, if you're trying to really start quitting that nine to five and just live that, have that freedom lifestyle, then you need to cut your expenses. And so, and then, yeah, just like you said, I bought a, a Prius, not a Yaris, oh, yes. um, but close, <laughs> same, same kind of, uh, Brand. I think it's both by yeah, Toyota. And so um, that was cheap on gas. I mean, it's funny because I rent out my car. The lady's had it for like two weeks now. She texted me or she called me and she's like, yeah, I'm just like, where's the gas tank uh, to open up the gas tank? And it's been two weeks. And like, um, like on the side and she's like, yeah, it's been awesome. Like I haven't had to fill it up for two weeks and it's been great. So I'll see you on Friday. I was like, great. Um, yeah, she awesome. drove it. <laughs> right. And so, uh, yeah, it was I don't have those expenses. I don't owe anything like that. But a cool thing is you can use actually a website called mint.com. And there is a, and I'll, all the links will be supplied in the show notes. So definitely check those out. Uh, so mint.com. And that is a website that will download your statements in a sense, put them all into your categories of what you can I guess, charge, uh, what you're charging for. So you can see the problem areas of your spending. So if you go out and you, you think you only go out a few nights a week, but you're spending like five, $600 a month on, uh, going out, then that's, you know, that's like a car payment right there. So you might want to take that into consideration and see what those problem areas are. And then from there, you can also look at truebill.com. And again, there'll be all the links down below and, uh, in doing so they will actually call up like your insurance company and try and talk them down on the uh, expenses. And so in doing so, that's a great way to reduce some of your expenses. Excellent. So absolutely fantastic. As you say, like obviously having that discipline, like reducing your expenses in order. Now, we're not saying reduce your lifestyle, obviously, to but to like completely forever. But it's a case of obviously you need to make sure that cash flow drops down or the, the outgoings drops down in order to give you a, a true number. Um, on obviously what you actually need. So talk to me about the the tax scenario. Obviously, so you've got expenses plus tax. Now, obviously, I know obviously the first thing that's going to come out of your mouth is this is not financial advice. So <laughs> let's talk about how you calculate your tax scenario because um, I don't know what it is in the US. To be fair, uh, in all honesty, mate, um, I know we do it slightly different because we run everything through a business um, and a limited company, and then go from right. there. So that's a little yeah. bit different. You guys have. You just generally fill out tax forms, don't you? Um, so I have a, a business also, an LLC. And I, if you're online, you that's one of the first things you should like really look into is you can go to like LegalZoom.com and start an LLC. Um, I highly recommend that because same same thing like you do. I put all my business expenses through a uh, business a business, and I get those write-offs. So mm-hmm. it ultimately reduces my taxable income. 
it's crazy to think because when you're a nine to five uh, or just a self, not a self-employed person, but you work for someone, you have, you make all your money and then you're taxed on that money. And then you have that leftover money to spend with us as business owners. We have all of our money. We get to reduce that income with all of our expenses. And then we're taxed on that, those expenses. So it's the way it's set up is it's actually quite I guess, advantageous to open up a LLC or a um, some kind of uh, entity to, to pre- protect your income because we get taxed last as business owners and you guys and people that work or are employed by someone get taxed first. And so if you actually do the math, uh, you pay a lot less as a business owner. And so I'm, I'm sure it's the same way. I don't know the, how my taxes work, to be honest, because I have a CPA uh, who does it all for me. And I hire people that are smarter than me. Actually, funny, I um, was going to, I think we've told this story before, but I was in college and I was taking a, my last class to go into a four-year degree. And I, um, I went, this is the second time I went back and I was like, I'm going to get a business degree while I was killing it in the, the, the fitness space. And I was like, I'll just probably have a business degree because it will be like a good way to set myself apart and I'll learn things and all that fun stuff. And so I had this last class before I could take a four year in business and I had a tax class and I was like, why don't you just give me an A because I don't understand this. I, I have a CPA who is doing the work. I already hired someone to do this stuff. So there's no reason for me to actually take this class. And they wouldn't. So I just dropped out of the school. And so um, I, 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 and I didn't, after the grand scheme of things, like I wasn't learning anything. I wasn't making more money. I was actually losing money because I had to go to school and I had to take time off from my clients because I, I couldn't work as much. So I was just like, what's the point of this? So that was a real reason I, I quit, but um, I like to tell that story because it's funny. Um, but yeah, I, I have a CPA. Um, he handles all of that stuff. So as far as um, knowing that number, talk to your CPA or talk to uh, your financial advisor or guesstimate what your you know what your what tax bracket you're in and then what you think you're going to be making every single year and then just do the calculation. Got it. Perfect. Okay. So you obviously an estimate of what you're working on or how much you're going to be bringing in. Obviously, then take off your expenses. Um, and then obviously, if you're through the limited company, then obviously for us, it's 20%, I think, obviously corporation tax or business tax. Not quite sure what it is for the US. Um, so basically, once I've sort of mapped out my expenses, mapped out what the income is, the, what's left on the profit, and the goal, obviously, as a limited company is basically to make sure there's very, very little profit left in, so you need to get, get less tax. Um, so that's where the reinvesting can come in quite nicely. Um, I think that's a perfect time to talk about that because reinvesting effectively is an expense, isn't it? Um, I wouldn't consider it an expense. Be- only for tax reasons, you would. Um, yeah, I mean, paying myself, <laughs> you have to think like anything that you invest. So I'll give you another story. So when I was, when we were uh, refinancing one of our rental properties and buying another rental property, I was able to actually take out all the money of a, um, a rental property, do a cash out refi, which is a, a refinance, pull that money out, pay, use that money tax-free because it's a debt. And pay all my, I had a, 
we just bought the Peloton. So that was like $500 a month. I had a, we just bought a new TV. That was like a $500 a month. Um, I paid off my car, which was like $279 a month. And then, um, we bought a house and in doing so I actually had more cash. Like the refinance cost me like, I think a thousand dollars. So that pretty much paying off all my, um, all my bad debt in a sense, the Peloton, the TV and the uh, car, I was making money on that debt. And then being able to buy another rental property, the cash flow from the rental property actually uh, paid for more well, should. That's like your goal is to make sure it's cash flow positive. So not only was I less debt, my credit score went up and I was able to essentially pay off all my loans and make more cash flow from the rental property by not, if I didn't borrow that debt, I wouldn't have made more cash flow. So that's, uh, you want to make sure that your the money that you are reinvesting, I consider it a, a way to make more money, but always do the math, make sure that you are, um, not net flow, not negative cash flow when you do reinvest because that's a poor investment then. But definitely, I mean, it, it, it is an expense, but if you're getting in more cash flow yeah. from it, then it, it just, it's a, it's a, it's a, that pause. That's wow. It's that more passive income that you're, that you're adding to your, your, um, yeah, so for, so for tax reasons, we use it, isn't it? Like it's an expense because we're reinvesting and we can write right. that off. And then from a cash flow perspective, obviously it helps increase the passive income. So right. roughly what would you go with in terms of a dedicated percent? Like, so from what you're earning, a dedicated percent that should go into reinvesting. Oh man. So it's kind of hard. Um, I would say that like, Obviously, the more money you make and the less expenses you have, the more you can reinvest. And uh, I try and reinvest as much as you can. Most people say between 20 and 30% that you're, you should be able to use to reinvest. I think typically it goes like 50% expenses, um, 30% reinvesting, and then 20% needs. So like our wants, I mean, is that kind of like formula, 50% expenses, 30% uh, reinvesting or wants, and then 20% reinvesting or wants. But as you make more money, those things are going to shift. So obviously, the more money you make, you are going to have more to reinvest. Your expenses are going to be lower for that. Just say you're making, I guess the difference between like making you know, $10,000 a year and making a hundred or a million dollars a year, your expenses, your total expenses are going to be super low compared to what you can reinvest. So um, if you're just starting out, I would say try and shoot for like 20% uh, of reinvesting if you're using your income to reinvest. Nice. Okay. So we'll look at 20%. So guys, now once you've done, so basically just to keep reverting back to the math. So the expenses is like all, all your bills, like your household bills, et cetera, and try and get them as low as possible. Um, and then from there, obviously we've got the, the reinvestment. So a portion of your profit obviously then goes into reinvestment that obviously then combines together, always equate for your tax. And then from there, you just need to consider inflation. Now, how would you consider a moving target? Um, I mean, that's again, that's one thing you just need to kind of have that buffer. I mean, that's why it's nice to have, you know, a security fund, like an OSHIP fund where you're like, I need to have, 
you know, 5,000, 10,000, 20,000 on the side that's just sitting there. Obviously, it depends on your how much assets you have. And the banks kind of require that, for at least in the United States, to have a fund set aside in case, you know, something does happen with a rental property. So make sure that, you know, you do have that kind of fund uh, or a rainy day fund also so that if something like your car breaks down or anything like that, you're not having to liquidate things. You have money on the sidelines to either reinvest into something that comes up that's a good opportunity or something that happens that is like, oh, man, I need, um, you know, to fix something like I just a meteor was shot through my roof. I need to, you know fill that up before the, you know, the storm comes. So, you know, it's things that you need that come up that you're not really expecting. Perfect. Okay. So, yeah. So we need like a bit of a rain day, day funding of she can build that. Um, my sort of like, my sort of thing is like 30, 30 add 30, so whatever your expenses are, your tax are, and you're reinvesting in as add 33% as risk. Um, and then at least like then you've always got, like obviously if you don't touch that risk, then fine. That's building up that rainy day fund, keeps building that rainy day fund. So you don't have to wait till you've got 20 grand to quit. But obviously it will help. And obviously it'll really help if you've got like something in the background before you do. But then that like 33% risk will just keep adding to that rainy day fund as you keep going. And then from there, guys, you do have that extra money to plow into reinvesting or to to break the the roof when the meteor comes and just stuff right. like that. So that's always yeah. like a good little hack. And I, I love that because what's great about that is it's kind of like forcing you to save. And then from there, you can actually buy a rental property. And there, at some point, you don't even need a, um, a rainy day fund because you do have so much cash flow coming in from real estate, dividends, whatever that is, where you can literally live off that passive income where you know every single month you're getting you know, $20,000, $30,000 coming in and free cash flow and it gets to a point where you're like, I have so much cash. What do I do with this? I just keep reinvesting. So it's, it's very important to um, start off with that kind of risk fund. But once you have enough income producing assets, uh, it's really, I mean, you don't really need that much cash on the sidelines because you do have a steady flow of cash flow coming in. Yeah, 100%, mate. So as you say, obviously, just to round this up, it's obviously like your passive income has got to be greater than your expenses, which you're going to work on reducing before you even quit your nine to five. Obviously, then your reinvestment fund um, and then your tax. Obviously, for the UK corporation tax, it's 20%. They may change it in the future, but at the moment of recording, it's 20% corporation tax on profit. Okay, not on the full thing, I'm just on your profit. Um, and then obviously you have a risk fund, which will then always, to me, if your risk fund's 33%, you'll always beat inflation anyway, because I'll be very surprised if inflation goes to 33%. Right. Um, so you'll always have that in your back pocket, plus building up that rainy day fund as well, which then, okay. as Brandon says, you can move it in any way, shape or form once it's not required. Nailed? Nailed. I love that. That was a good, good episode. Remember, guys, to like and subscribe, uh, smash that like button, ring that notification bell. That's what I say on YouTube. So uh, I just out of the cut, just out of, I don't know. <laughs> I always say that. So I, I apologize because <laughs> this might be a podcast. So uh, just like it, share it, and uh, let us know if you uh, thought it was a great episode in the comments down below. Awesome, guys. Thank you so much. And we will see you on the next episode. Peace.
Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in to that latest episode of the Passive Buddies podcast. I hope you absolutely loved it and took so much value from it that you can go and make a difference in your life, in your finances, in your family's life. If you want to know more and if you want to connect with us on a more personal level, ask some questions, learn step-by-step how to make passive income online and the marketing strategies behind it, then there is a link to our free group below. Definitely click that link join the free Facebook group and let's connect and let's help you get to your next steps. See you on the next episode, guys.